0: With Sean Jackson. Sponsored by Stop.
2: Yeah, here we go. <laughs> this is 93.7, the ticket. I'm the black shirt, and I'm with... Jacobin. All right. The captain is not in today, so it's just the black shirt and the boxer today. But yeah, like we're saying, the big game is coming up this Saturday at 2.30 at... Memorial Stadium, Tim Osborne Field. Now, Buck, what what we got on the agenda now, Buck?
1: Well, we can uh, run through some text here because I thought there were some interesting ones. Uh, for those wondering and uh, those joining us on YouTube, you can now hear us now. So that's uh, that's good. We, we worked the bugs out there. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, kind of run through some of your comments here. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh six, 8 five, Dinah, I proposed the question, uh, what does a victory against Illinois mean? If you're the athletic director, if you're Trev Alberts, if you beat Illinois... Do you go ahead and make the move and try to get uh, try to get some you know confidence, some oh, recruiting man. things rolling? Six eight five nine says let us beat Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota before we go too crazy. So even with a victory against Illinois, I think some people uh, would want to hold off. And and again, I think I'd probably be in that in that boat, but I also think that it would be like I I, I think Mickey Joseph basically with any victory here left on the schedule and you kind of have to wait and, and see kind of how it plays out if I was you know five and six going in that game maybe that's not quite as big of a deal but um I think any victory would real from here on out has to propel him near the top of the list uh if he's not at the top of the list because um you know the, this this is you know and, and, and yeah oh it, it is it is kind of interesting to see does he have to make a bowl game all that the questions are kind of out there but you can see Trev Albert's um and it's it's this way with most athletic directors, to be yeah. honest. Trev Alberts was brought in um, and tried to write the ship with Scott Frost, but uh, he wasn't there on the sidelines with him. He, you know, and and he was. I I don't want to say he wasn't. It just it feels like he was. He it was not as. Um, as connected to the program as we've kind of seen with him handing out the game ball to Mickey and throwing balls on the sidelines and all that stuff. But you see that with athletic directors often. Uh, I remember Sean Eichhorst in particular, you know, you couldn't spot him with, with Bo Pelini. It was tough to get like a picture of those two together. Uh, and then his hire comes in, it's Mike Riley, and they're they're like best buds. You see them all the time. Um, So it, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how that plays out. But it seems to, with Trev Albert's, um, with the interim coach, it, it seems to kind of already be that way. Maybe a better connection to Mickey than he had to Frost. Um, but I don't know if I want to read, you know, too far into that. Maybe that's just, uh, you know, you know, a connection that they've that they've made. And, and obviously, um, the whole idea for Trev and, and to go with Mickey, the way that he looks smart by doing so, is if Mickey does have success. Now, whether that leads to him uh, being the full-time head coach or not. Uh, Either way, it would look good on Trev Alberts' part if he has success because that—that's what the whole, you know, that's what the move I think was made early for. You pay the extra buyout to Scott Frost for is to salvage the season, and I think that you're close to salvaging the season. At the same time, when we talk about what if, if they win, if they win. Well, if they lose, then you're three and five. You can't lose one more game. You know, you can't lose two more games to get to a bowl game. Um, you know, it, it, it would it would kind of it, – it's kind of interesting. This, this game has uh, kind of a lot riding on it to a degree.
2: Well, this is probably going to be my longest talk that I'm going to have right now. But, you know, if I was – and, and me and you just was talking about this, you know – if I was Trev, this this either way this go, this might be a dice game for him, because if 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 you go with an outside coach and you get that big hire, and that coach doesn't produce in five years, then you're probably gonna lose your job. Mm-hmm. Now if you hire Mickey, and say he doesn't do it, you're gonna lose your job. Yeah. So, with me, I'm gonna make it like this. I'm all in with Mickey because. He's already here. He's did some wonderful things recruiting. Um, he get him a supportive staff. This is like the president. This, this this is what you do for the president. You give him a supporting staff, and you let him make the final decisions. So you, you talk about he don't have experience. Well, you put that cast around him, and you put some people in there that can help him, you know, and some advisories, you know, and, and, and you learn. You learn on the run, and you know that may not be fair to say, but for for, for this university right now, we're already in a high. These kids are already playing at a high level right now, high emotions right now, as I must say, and you, you keep that going, and, and, and they keep learning a, a new style. I mean, we can't we can't change this overnight because this just happened what four or five weeks ago. So you, you it's it's the same offense, but I guarantee you it's a different defense because it's a different playing style they're playing now. And they're playing more, you know, different – because you could tell the different formations. But, you know, you, you keep building off this year with Mickey and, 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 and the recruiters class that Mickey brings in, the recruiting he does is, is fabulous. Now, I know one thing he's going to do, he's going to go in and he's going to change probably some recruiting things and bring in some people that he know that can recruit well. Where, where, where we need him to go in different parts of the South or or different parts of Nebraska because he's already did a great job in Omaha. So you can't take that away from him Mm -hmm. because he got the relationship back with Omaha that Nebraska had lost several years ago for not recruiting the top, the kids out of Omaha like that. Now you keep building on that. And you go to the transfer portal with the people you bring in, the recruiting people you bring in because this is not going to be the same recruiting that – the, the last couple of years, we've been re- the level we've been recruiting at. Now this recruiting goes to a high level. You get more bigger kids. You get more better kids. You get more faster kids. You get more athletic kids. You're going to have to go to the transfer portal at least get you eight this year. Yeah, and They've so, been
1: heavily JUCO recruiting
2: yeah, this last weekend. And, so. and, and nothing wrong with JUCO's player because I came oh, out no. of JUCO. But the thing is, you keep building off that. And, and with the recruiting class he's going to get and the transfers that's going to come in – you know Nebraska is going to be better than what they thought they were next year because you are already on the level of trying to change your program into some winners instead of you know doubters. You know that's what you got to do. You got to get doubt out these kids' head and you got to put win in their mind. So and that's why Mick is the best fit for this thing right now. Let's move forward. And people, I don't know why people want to argue. I mean, you get that big time coach, you get them and you give them all that money. You're not, you're not gonna. I don't give you instant success. You know, it's still gonna take you three, four years. You know, if you, but you know, like I said, I'm all in on Mickey because I know what he can do and I know what he brings to this university. And if you, and I'm not just saying he's he's not an outsider. He or I don't care about him being an inside guy because he played here. I'm telling you what fits right now at this time and this, because this ain't the old this ain't the old Nebraska. You know, if you want to get kids here, you better show a change and you better show them a reason to come here. And I know one reason why these kids will come here, they'll come here for Mickey Joseph, and they'll come here because he's at the University of Nebraska. So yeah. think about it how you want. But like that's my take on Mickey Joseph scenario.
1: Well, in, in Nebraska not being where they were, um, maybe should factor into the, the equation, too, or at least factors in, in the fact that it will help Mickey Joseph's hey, case. Let's, let's, go go, ahead, go let's, ahead.
2: let's go to YouTube with John Runyon. Uh, Rod, what's his name there?
1: Uh, John Rotten.
2: Yeah, he, our defense gave up the most rushing yards in the FG. Okay, they did. But like I said, we, they're working with what they're working with. You know what I'm saying? This I, I mean, we didn't ever say this defense was great. We're just trying to get past this year and win some games and hope that our defense can hold. Then we go and work on a You know, this is a whole new defense. You know, you can say it, it takes a it takes a long time to learn Nebraska playbook if you're coming in with a new defense. And like I and, and this is this is coming in in the midseason. So
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: You can say what you want to say. I mean, it's not our fault. It's not the the kids' fault. It's how they've been coached. So when you take out Shenandoah. Shenandoah defense was never great. We never said he was a great defensive coordinator. Uh, we just said he was Scott Frost's best friend, you know, who who happened to be a defensive coordinator. You know, I never knew this guy before. He even he even coached at Nebraska. You know, you you brought him, so you know you put that on the past coaching staff. Now he they, did
1: have some solid performances I mean, last solid, year. Solid.
2: I mean, solid. I mean, uh, solid out of fifty games ain't that. I mean, what you. You played two, three great defenses out of fifty games and all of a sudden you get a raise. You know, how about you get a demotion and and, and, and
1: Well, I mean I don't I, to stick up for him, I don't think that he first of all got the raise that he probably deserved. I think that, that defense last year with Eric Shenander and again we've seen what happened since then I right mean, Yeah. Because... this year was a disaster but last year he basically saved scott frost's job with the defense that he had out there because i mean they they could blame it all on the, the assistance for scott frost to get rid of all those assistants um but that defense kept him in a lot of games um obviously it was a completely different and maybe it was more players than it was Shenander. I'm not really sure. But uh, I, I do think that there sh- should be a little bit of credit. I, I get what you're saying. It's not like he was ever the hottest commodity as a defensive coordinator in college football. It's not like you were fighting off other major brands to come in and take him or like he was out there for head coaching jobs or anything like that. But. I'll tell you what, I mean, going up against Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma offense last year, and, uh, you know, that was a win for Eric Shenander, what they were able to limit them to. That hadn't been done in a long time there in Norman. And, you know, there were other games like that. No, no first down given to uh, shutting down Kenneth Walker. What, that defense was actually pretty solid last season. What did Georgia do to Oklahoma that year? What was it? Last year? Yeah. Did Georgia play Oklahoma last no, year? No, the
2: year before that when they went, was like 28 to... Six or something
1: like that. I don't think so. Lincoln Oklahoma. Riley's – when Nebraska was able to limit uh, Lincoln Georgia, Riley's offense, it had been a somebody while.
2: Somebody beat the brakes off of them in the playoffs, like 35-14. I have to look at it. The last time they was in there.
1: So, but – My point is it, it didn't happen often. Yeah, and and not giving up a first down and shutting Kenneth Walker down, I'll, you know – I know that was a 3-9 team, but there's a reason why people thought, hey, that team's actually not awful if they had – you know, you just got to – there's like need to be a switch there, and now we can see there may be a few switches there on the coaching staff. But um, I think that there deserves to be more credit than this this blanket statement that Eric Shenander was a bad defensive coordinator. It, the wheels was, fell off this year, he was, without he a doubt. He was an
2: okay defensive coordinator. Right. He wasn't a
1: top-tier defensive
2: coordinator. No. He was a third-level. Defensive coordinator. He's not in the first two levels of defense coordinator. You know, he's like but but cuz the defense was he, he never did anything special. He yeah. never showed any great blitz pla- packages. You never showed any just you know, you know it was it was just a basic defense. Never much of a pass rush. Yeah, never much of a pass rush. You ne- you know, it's just you was sitting waiting. You know what I'm saying? You was he, he was a it was a waiting defense. And sometimes it just fall right into your lap. You know, because he it wasn't nothing great. I mean, we need we need a defense that's gonna move, that's gonna blitz, that's gonna move in and out of those running lanes before the play even starts. I mean, if you sit there like a lame duck, yeah, I'm gonna sit there and count you like, oh man, they're gonna sit here and just let me pick <laughs> count how many, the numbers, count the numbers, run where they stuff, got to, yeah, and, that, and and that's a basic defense. So it wasn't nothing special about this guy, but I guarantee you, Mickey's gonna get the right the right type person in here for that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and again, it, it remains to be seen kind of what that often or what the the staff would look like with Mickey. And I think that needs to be kept in mind for uh, some people that are kind of just thinking, let's just go based off a record. And, and maybe that the record is kind of what you're inheriting and what you have Um, you know, the momentum that you can build in the program. And that that speaks more volumes. And that's why, you know, at the beginning of this thing, I thought, you know, maybe he has to stretch it out and get seven wins to get the job. The more that the season kind of plays on, the more I think that if he gets Nebraska to a bowl game, He's in. If you know, if it's less than that, you've got some questions. I don't. I'm not saying he's out. If he gets to five wins, that certainly uh, has quite an argument. Um, but if he gets Nebraska to a bowl game with the situation he inherited, uh, roster wise and coaching staff wise, and then you let him tweak it, you already have momentum, and then you let him do it the way that he wants to do it. Um, you know, I think it would be hard to to look the other way if he gets Nebraska to six wins. But in order to do so. You got five games left you gotta win three of them do you, do you think winning seven games is being biased Winning seven games would be an, uh, just a huge ask.
2: I, I don't know. You know why? Because you didn't ask Scott Frost to win seven games. You asked him to win six to get you to a bowl game. Yeah. Now, if Mickey can win four or five, hey, I'm all in. He ain't got to win but one more to me. But you can't tell me that you need Scott Frost to win six games to 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 get to keep his job. But you want Mickey to win seven, eight with the team he was left with. The well, time, the, the, the way this program was left. You want this guy to come in here and change all this around. We're not even the players he wants or we need at the level for us to play against these top teams, even with the last five games left. But you want him to go out here and win seven games. Wow. And that's a shame on Nebraska. And
1: that's shame on anybody that thinks he got to win seven games just to stay here. Well, if it's comparing to Frost, um, I don't – you know, that's – that's a different discussion now that it's been kind of let out the news has been let out that Trev Alberts was, you know, we kind of got the contract out there. Uh, Trev Alberts was looking for six wins to Scott Frost to move it forward. Um, I, (laughs) I'm on a different, uh, thought process. I don't like, you know, for six wins this year for Frost, wouldn't do it for me. Um, because I think he needed to prove more. For me, Scott Frost probably wouldn't have been brought back. I've been, you know, I've been kind of saying that for a while now. There's no way that I would have let, I wouldn't have brought him back at three and seven. And then when he went three and nine, I probably wouldn't have brought him back in general. Uh, You know, the decision was made to bring him back at three and seven. So, uh, you know, we all kind of have our different uh, expectations and stuff like that. But um, that's, you know, to your point, I I think is, you know, I, I don't I think that there's a different resume there, right? And Scott Frost had has, has fallen so far that it's hard to say this, but maybe the, if you truly believed in Scott Frost, and I think they did this because they, they did. They f- felt there was still some hope there. They felt like there was something still to the magic that he had early on in his career that just didn't transition to Nebraska um, to... I mean, you'd have to truly believe in Scott Frost uh, to keep him at six here. And I think that they did. Um, so it's, but it is, but what I'm saying though is there's a different resume there. So it's, I don't think that you could just blanket statement say, this guy needs to do this, this guy should have to do the same thing because they're working with different resumes. Now, at this point, you know, is Mickey Joseph's resume <laughs> better than Scott Frost? As a head coach, uh, you know it's it's hard to argue, but uh, it, it's very interesting to argue. We'll we'll take a quick break here as we are uh, up against break, but we'll be right back. We'll continue this discussion. It's always fun to talk Nebraska football, especially in the midst of a coaching search. Uh, there's so <laughs> many stuff, so much stuff going on, uh, and they've got a top twenty-five opponent coming in this week. So uh, so much going on there. Uh, plenty more to talk about. We'll do more. We'll get to more of your reaction as well here on the Captain on ninety-three seven The Ticket. Walking down the